Welcome to What Should I Watch, a podcast to learn about interesting and inspiring Korean TV shows, aka Korean dramas. I'm your host, T, and every week I help a guest with what to watch next. If you have any comments or just want to say hi, please feel free to send me an email to whatshouldiwatchT at gmail.com. Hi, welcome back. Hi, T. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Look who's here. It's me. Thank Grant. you. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, Mary. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people waited for you. <laughs> you know, there's oh. one fan somewhere in Korea who was waiting for you. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. yeah. Good to have you back. How have you been? Good. It's been good. A lot, some stuff going on. But we're entering spring now, so no more rain. I was enjoying that for a while. Um, but good. How are you? Good, good. Tired, as usual, <laughs> from playing too much game. <laughs> My eyes are tired, but <laughs> I'm ready for today. Yes, today. Yeah. I'm excited for it. So now that I'm done with the episode recap of Korean Drama Mind, I'm moving on to a new phase. Sort of similar to what I've been doing in the past. So I'm supposed to... This show is supposed to be a recommendation show. So recommending a Korean drama to whoever wants to watch Korean stuff but don't know where to start. And I'm you know, picking out a show for you. And there have been some episodes that I'm doing uh, two parts or three parts. Uh, not just one show a week. And I was going to do one week for this show, but I think it's definitely uh, it's definitely a two-week show because there are some other shows that need to be talked with this one. What am yeah. I talking about? I'm <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I'm just rambling on and on. Yeah, like they correlate, so it. By phases, maybe? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, I know we've been talking about doing, like, Korean and Mexican comparison, maybe culture, and, like, some of the sentiment that we share together, and a lot of similarities. Yeah. Right? And then I found the show that actually shared some of the really famous uh, shows. What? Not some of the... One of the really famous shows. Wait, what am I talking about? <laughs> a funny show that shares some of the famous, like... Yeah. Is it mafia groups or... or no, I was going to say, this show, this Korean show when you talk about uh, is related to another famous show in Mexico. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So this is what happens when you play too much game. <laughs> Warning. <laughs> too much screen time. My head is just now not in the right place. <laughs> So yeah, this Korean show itself was only six episodes, so I could definitely just do one week and move on to something else. But I feel like 
since I'm bringing up this issue, I have to bring up the other two shows that are very closely related to this one. So what are we talking about today? So we're talking about narcotic drugs, mafias, groups. Yeah, yeah in, in Mexico, in where else is it? Or how they correlate with like... Korean, Mexican, was it European? (laughs) (laughs) It's the world. We could could go that way all the way. (laughs) All around the world, right? (laughs) What was that? What was that story? Um, 80 days around the world? (laughs) 80 days around the world. Uh, Yeah, so this week's Korean drama is called Narco Saint. In Korea, it was released under the name Surinam. Surinam or Surinam. But I think on American Netflix, it's under Narco Saints. Narco Saints, yeah. And since we were talking about narcotic stuff, I have to talk about the famous Netflix show Narcos. And the spin off of Narcos is Narcos Mexico. Yeah. And this is great because I didn't watch Narcos, <laughs> which some people might find offensive. Because, <laughs> the, uh, because I think these shows have a lot of like followers. They love it and like cult following. They mm. love Narcos. And I think it's not that I didn't like the show. I think when Narcos came out, uh, it was like, what, 2016, 17? It's been, yeah, a few years. I think Mexico is the one that came out after. Yeah. And I was really, really busy. I was busier than American president at the time. <laughs> and then... <laughs> uh, yeah, and then like when Narcos Mexico came out, I just felt like... I didn't know they were kind of separated, but I felt like, oh, I didn't watch the first one, so I shouldn't watch the second one. And then like life moved on from that point on. So, <laughs> so I didn't get to watch it. <laughs> And you never watched Narco Saints, the Korean one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. So I think this is interesting. We can kind of compare and contrast yeah. two shows or three shows. Three, yeah. Yeah. So in the past couple of days, I was looking up online just in preparation of today's episode and really just trying to make some bullet points of what I should talk about. And it really got me into this world of drug dealing and what's happening in the world (laughs) in this underworld or not so underworld it's it's really crazy yeah yeah it's like their own world well we live in this we live in the state that's marijuana is legal yeah Leisurely and medically, whatever. I don't even know all the like differentiations and like terms and whatever. But it's it's legal, right? Yeah. I guess you can walk into a shop and buy something. Yeah, you could openly buy it. I think they just ask for your ID or something. I, I don't smoke, but um, yeah, I'm sure you just pur- purchase it anywhere. Hmm. I think you're able to smoke in specific areas also. Like out in the public. I think I think there's specific areas, or people just do it around me too much. I don't know. I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Because when I see people like, like smoke in the public, I always just think like, 
you know, they're breaking the law. Oh, they could be. I thought it was just <laughs> everybody just following the law. I thought it was just allowed. Hey, disclaimer. So I've never smoked ever. And I think I'm going to talk about this, but I think it's culturally like I didn't grow up with it. So it's just so weird for me. So I never smoked. And until like, uh, until like maybe like some years ago, uh, when my neighbor started smoking a lot, like I didn't know what it smelled like. I just always weed or nicotine or just or weed. A weed. Weed. Yeah. Okay. I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes, so <laughs> I quit. I quit cold turkey about mm. thirteen years ago, and really never smoked since then. But yeah, I never smoked weed. I didn't know what it smelled like, um, and I was just never drawn into it. So, which is why I don't know how to purchase one or what the <laughs> law is here, and I don't care to like learn about it. <laughs> so yeah so when i saw people like smoking on the street like i always thought although it's legal here maybe they're not supposed to be smoking on the street i don't know yeah yeah same i don't i don't smoke so i don't purchase this so i wasn't really aware i just knew that now it's legal but to purchase but then also to to smoke so i don't know if it's allowed in public or not but i've seen huh. it <laughs> but i'm sure you can't even if you're even if you use it medically, I'm sure you can't smoke and drive, right? Oh yeah, probably not. Probably not, <laughs> not the right? safest. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so Suriname, the Korean show, and Narcos and Narcos may go. Let's talk about a little bit of um, information stuff. So Narcos Saints, the Korean one, came out just last year September last year and the original Narcos came out the first season came out in 2015 and then the first season of Narcos Mexico came out in 2018 and Korean one has only one season although it left some it left feeling like it could go on the next season but it only has six episodes, so you can definitely finish in one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think I did like two days, which is rare for me. <laughs> you um, are busy. I Yeah, I always take my time to finish a show, but yeah, I just like binge watch the whole thing. Um, so it only has six episodes, but then Narcos has three seasons and ten episodes each. And same thing for the Mexico one. So three seasons and ten episodes each. So you have to watch 30 episodes together for each Narcos and Narcos Mexico. And you watched both, right? Yeah, I watched both. So total 60 episodes? <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> and Korean Narcos Saints is set in around 90s up to like 2008 or 2009. And when is Narcos the original one? When is it set in? It's set in around the 70s, 70s to 90s. Okay. And then Nar Narcos Mexico has like a longer timeline from like 70s to the current time, 2000s. Got it. Okay. And then any famous actors in either Narcos and, or the Mexico one? Yeah, the younger people would probably be, be excited about season two, Narcos Mexico, that includes Bad Bunny. 
but I Bad Bunny <laughs> he comes out in India. He's um he's a friend. He's a rich friend of one of the the uh, junior characters there from from the Ariano Felix family. Um, so he makes a little feature appearance for a few episodes there. What is Bad Bunny? Is a person's name? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's a really famous singer right now. Oh. He's like a very popular. He's dating uh, Kendall Jenner right now. Oh, really? It's just it's the newer kids. I was ex- actually ex- really really excited about Diego Luna because I've a huge crush on him. <laughs> he's so I think he's just so intelligent, so creative. Great writer, great actor. Yeah. There's a movie called Rudo and Cruci. It's a It's a little bit of maybe like 10 years ago or 15 or so. It's a football movie hmm. or they call soccer in America. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was cursing in the movie and his brother was um, Guy Garcia Bernal. Yes. And so they were brothers too. in the movie. I love the movie. It's so great. It's a comedy, but like sports movie. And it's like a little brothers from a small town try to make it in the big city. They go to Mexico City and then try to become a football star and... It's like it's awesome. I loved it, and yeah, he was really great in it. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he's amazing. There was actually a lot of backlash on both of them, though, in Mexico, because they just say that they always get recruited for the greater uh, roles and don't really allow the the newer actors and actresses to make appearances like uh. that or don't support them as much and all that. But huh. I, I don't know. I think. Hey, it's capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody's better product than some other actors? No? I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Support upcoming actors. (laughs) Um, Yeah, what about the the Narcos one? Narcos, the actor who plays um, Escobar Uh is also one of what is... God, his name. His name is Wagner Mura. Wagner Mura. I think he did a great job. He, he. I want to say from all the because there's so many documentaries that cover Pablo Escobar. I right. think that he is the one that is most similar, not only in appearance, but I feel like he really captured the the essence of Pablo Escobar. Mm. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I, I, when I looked up IMDb, I didn't know anyone in the Narcos one. So I looked it up, and this Wagner person, he's Brazilian. But his credit goes on forever. Like, he's been doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. And TV, movie, and theater also. And he's won a lot of awards. So I was like, okay, he's a really, actually good actor. He's been around doing things forever and recognized for his work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in Korean one, the main guy, there's a bad guy, he's older and he's in his 50s and he's really like, he's a like real actor kind of guy. So usually when he's in something, I watch it. Like a lot of Koreans probably feel the same way. He's doing something, they'll probably want to watch it. Mm-hmm. He's a more like a movie actor. So mm-hmm. the fact that he was in like series, like a show, was like, okay, this show is going to be like very well made for him to like want to join this show yeah but then there's a guy also he's one of the uh, he's younger one his name's Yu Yun Sok I think he has some like 
younger fans internationally. He's like a very pretty boy looking type.、Mm. And he's the, one of the bad guys here. And then there's a Chinese actor. His name is Chen Zhang. Chen Zhang. I think that's his name. I'm hoping I'm sounding right. <laughs> <laughs> He was in the movie Dune. Oh, really? No, the, the recent one with the. What's his name? The young guy that's popular.、Um, Timothy. Spider Man. Timothy Chalamet. Oh, the one that looks like Spider Man. Yeah, Timothy. The, <laughs> the, the French. <laughs> so, yeah, he, the dude, the sci fi one. So, he was. I actually I couldn't watch Dune. I started it and then I had to give up. I didn't read the book and I, I don't like sci fi in general. I can't get into it. So, but he was、uh, like one of the, one of the, I guess, tribes? I don't know what they're calling it. But he's like the Asian guy in the show. He、mm. like interprets with his hand or something like、oh. that. I don't know. I guess if you watch Dune, you, you know who I'm talking about. And then there's another like, Hollywood Chinese movie called Red Cliff. I actually watched this one.、Uh, he was in that one too.、Hmm. And turned out, according to his Wikipedia page, it says he's a big fan of BTS. Oh. <laughs> he snuck into a BTS concert in 2016 <laughs> and he posted a selfie at the concert hall. <laughs> So, yeah, there are some good actors in the show.、Um, yeah, the Korean one basically has a lot of like serious actors. Maybe not like pretty boy actors, but yeah.、Um, and I have to say that this is based on true story. Yeah. So are the two Narcos, right? Yeah. So, we're talking about all three shows that are based on true story, which makes everything more interesting. Right. Yeah. What's the main conflict? Like, what's the, like,、uh, what happens in Narcos and Narcos Mexico? Well, Narcos, you would say, I mean, it's two completely different stories. I don't think you need to watch Narcos to understand Narcos Mexico. And I don't, need, I don't think you need to watch Narcos Mexico to understand Narcos because they're two completely different,、um, obviously, countries. And, like, it started. Cocaine started with Colombian、uh, culture. So that was the, what is basically the storyline for the Narcos、um, original with Pablo Escobar. It's basically his life, the way that he began, and how he started、um, just smuggling drugs and all, and all that end of it. And Narcos Mexico is starting from marijuana、mm. um, way back with,、um, what is it?、Uh, what is his name? Rafa. <laughs> Rafa Quintero with alongside.、Um, I don't know. I only watch YouTube summaries. So, <laughs> so, it, so it's like way back. It's Aviles. So, with Aviles, he's the one that started the、um, marijuana or had control, let's say, of, of Mexico, of the northern states of Mexico.、Um, and then that is where Diego Luna's character comes up,、um, where he. Is, I guess, the one that the successor, what is successor, is what you call it,、um, who had the mind, like the brains and the,、uh. the business knowledge of it all and grew it and made, a, made an affiliated like, group, brought all the narco groups together and they started working、uh, based off of like, 
so it was basically Mexico moving into Sinaloa, which is mm-hmm. where they were growing uh, marijuana, and they saw that Sinaloan people who were just in poverty just started making so much profit, like financial profit, and they weren't okay with it because poor people can't come up in in because mm. that's the logic. So they started burning all of their their seeds and everything. So then he kind of understood that he needed to move away from there because they were only going to keep getting um, attacked, continuously attacked. So they moved over to Guadalajara. So all of this begins with like them first having to come to agreements that they have to work together and then and growing from there, but also not wanting to cross the line with Colombians because that is basically who they respected and and cocaine wasn't something that they were very interested in in the beginning mm. until you get to the next stage which is moving in with Chapo, Amado Carrillo and the other characters forward so conflicts yeah first starting it's basically making narcos work together which is something extremely complicated to do to get them all on the same page Actually, that this reminds me of something I read, because um, you brought up, like, Colombia is, like, cocaine, and then, like, marijuana was Mexico stuff in the beginning. Um, there's something called hashishi. Hashishi? <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying it right, hashishi. But I guess that's more of Middle Eastern stuff. Mm. And it's really popular in the, like, Dutch area and, like, some of the European countries over there. Mm. And that's one of the products that Dutch Mafia deals. Oh, wow. <laughs> so <laughs> when you brought up, like, a difference between, like, Colombian drug and, like, a Mexican drug and all that, I was like, okay, yeah. And there was something else, too, because I was reading, like, four or five hours, like, all the difference between, like, <laughs> different worlds, Mafia, and their grooves, and their history, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all this stuff. So, okay, so, yeah, it's uh, it's literally, like, the crime history of um, the narcotics, the cartels, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick summary of Narco Saint, and we'll take it from there. Okay. Gang Minggu, the main character, was born in the 60s when Korea was not as rich and worked all kinds of jobs day and night to support his younger siblings. Now it's in the 90s when Korea is not so poor and neither is Minggu. He has his own family, a house, and his own karaoke business. He's a greedy businessman with a natural talent and proven track record. Then one day, his friend, Ungsu offers a partnership to run an import business. Mingu, who learned some English by supplying groceries to the U.S. Army base in Korea, would be a good partner. But the business plan sounds a little odd. Ungsu wants to import skate fish from a country that he has never heard of, Suriname. Skate is one of the popular fish in Korea, but according to Ungsu, no one eats it in Suriname, so it gets tossed back into water. Although skeptical, Mingu's business instinct tells him that a lot of money can be made here, so they travel to Suriname to survey and take their first step to start the business. 
Mingu invested everything he had, and fortunately, the business is growing more every day. However, the risk is increased as well. The biggest problem is organizations demanding protection money. A Suriname army officer demands money, but a powerful Chinese gang wants more than twice as much money as the officer, because the Suriname Ocean is their territory. There would be nothing left if Mingu and Eunsu complied with their demands. At the same time, Mingu's wife, a devout Christian, pressures Mingu that he must attend the Sunday service at the Korean church. So Mingu and Eunsu reluctantly visit the Korean church in Paramaribo, the capital of Suriname. They meet the Korean pastor John. Who listens to their difficulty in running business in Suriname? It turns out that the pastor has such a wide network that he even knows the president of Suriname. The pastor John visits the headquarters of the Chinese gang and solves the issue instantly. Mingu and Eunsu are so drawn into the charismatic pastor, they start to collaborate with him to grow their business even more. Then one day, police come and put Mingu in prison. They tell him that drugs were found in the ship carrying skatefish, and Mingu doesn't have a chance to prove his innocence. Then out of nowhere, a Korean man visits him in the prison. He is Agent Choi of South Korean NIS, National Intelligence Service. He tells Mingu that Eunsu was killed, and that Pastor John is actually a huge drug ringleader. South Korea has been trying to catch him, but since there is no extradition treaty between South Korea and Suriname, they've been unsuccessful. Agent Choi asks Mingu to cooperate in catching John. His plan is to get him to distribute drugs to the U.S. so he can be arrested by the DEA. Mingu accepts a deal with the NIS in exchange for 500 million won to make up for the lost profits. So that's sort of the premise of the show. Oh, wow. Money is always the issue. <laughs> <laughs> it's not men; it's money. <laughs> I mean, we talked about this before recording, but I was just. Thinking like how even when I was researching this, um, I don't know like living this kind of life. Like yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of money, especially like Escobar. You know what he had, considering like the back in the day, you know, twenty years ago and ten years ago, all the money. But I don't know if I don't know if you'll feel like like this is it. Like if you feel safe and content. Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I feel like that's always the goal, like the ambition to have so much money. But when you do, either you're extremely famous and can't go out and enjoy it, <laughs> or you're you've done so much, you've broken the law so much that the that the the just cops are out to get you everywhere, or you've made enough enemies that they all want to kill you. So you're never really at peace, I think, to enjoy that money. Or not for a long time, at least. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm okay, like, not having that much money and... <laughs> <laughs> Just humbly drive my little car and <laughs> live in a little humble corner of the city. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's not somebody hiding with a gun somewhere. I'll just clean it. my own bathroom. <laughs> I don't need to have somebody to bring me water. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, I can pour my own. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't see that ever being peace in their yeah. life. Yeah, but I'm sure like. You know, homeless will look at us and thinking like, "Hey, look at those poor people have to go to work and <laughs> do the stuff they don't always like." And I'm okay being on the street, you know, because <laughs> yeah. there are some people who choose to be on the street. Like they just don't want any life that you have to work and make money and you know have stuff. You know, so yeah, that's like true hippies, I guess. Yeah, and to each his own, I guess. <laughs> So those drug dealers can look at us and thinking like they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you talk like that because you never had this kind of money. <laughs> they're just jealous, probably. Yeah. <laughs> just a bunch of idiot girls. <laughs> don't know money. Don't want. Don't know what money can do for you. <laughs> oh. Have you heard the name, the country story now? No. Ever like before never. today? Never before. <laughs> Is so, it? imagine like you're in the 90s, and then all of a sudden your friend comes up to you, and then like, hey, I want to do a business, so we're going to import some stuff from Suriname. Like, what? I think I've heard of this country, and that's just because I like watching like travel stuff, and you know, and one time I was thinking like, I'll just kind of backpack around South America. So I think that's maybe like when it came up, and... I don't know, but I've heard of the name. Like I knew nothing about the country. Hmm. You went backpacking around. I w- no. I was planning. Oh, you, oh, you were planning on it. Okay. Yeah, and then like mm. money, and then I I have a friend from college who's from Colombia. Hmm. So one of my destinations was that staying in her house for like a couple of days before moving on, and then she was like, "No, that's a really stupid idea. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you do not backpack alone." Yeah. <laughs> In South America alone, I'm like why not? And she's like, no, you just don't do it. <laughs> and she's like, even when you're with me in Colombia, you can't go anywhere. You always have to be with my by my side, and you can't like. I'm like, really? She's, Is that that bad? And she's like, yeah, no, you don't do that. So she she was very against the idea. She gave me some details of what happened. And oh wow! And I was like, okay, maybe I'll trim it down and. <laughs> I'll change some routes and then like I cancel the whole plan. <laughs> Not because I was scared. I think it was also like time and money and all that. So yeah. But yeah, so I was like planning, and I think that's when I like saw the country Suriname. Mm. But yeah, I've I've heard the name. Maybe not from the planning, but like yeah, I've heard of name before. But I'm always interested in like geography and traveling, like stuff like that. So. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very small country. Yeah, so I was gonna ask if it's a small country or, or is it fairly? Large? Can you guess where it's up around? Is it in South? America? It's in South America. Yeah, around. No, actually, would it be around Colombia? Hey, you're not too far from there. Yeah, so it's directly north of Brazil. Hmm. 
like right above Brazil and then next to Guyana so it's like on the corner upper north corner facing the Indian Ocean mm. it's very small and the country is just under 165,000 square kilometers which is about 64,000 square miles okay so I think that's pretty small yeah. Like Wikipedia says it's a really small country. <laughs> and they said uh, 64, it's just about 64,000 square miles. But then I looked it up South Korea, and the South Korea is about 39,000 square miles. <laughs> so I was like, what? Oh. This is not that small. <laughs> and there are like a million people living, millions of people living in South Korea. So, But yeah, it's a small country. In fact, it says smallest sovereign state in South America, which means like basically smallest independent country. Hmm. And it was a formal colony of the Dutch Netherlands, and they gained independence from Netherlands in 1975. So I think that explains why it's still small and a lot of corruption. Because like in the show, the literally the army officer come up to them and they're like, "Hey, you gotta pay us." Yeah. Like what? You're supposed to be an army people, but then like they want money. And then, this is where I went down, like, rabbit hole. So I was looking up Suriname. <laughs> and then there's a really famous drug lord in Europe. He's Dutch. And his name is Kobus Lorse. And he's also called Gypsy King. So he's a Dutch guy. He ran this, like, famous Dutch cartel called um, Penose. That's the name. And their, their history actually goes back to the 18th century. Oh wow! <laughs> oh, wow! <laughs> so it, you might as well call them like a legit like social club or something. <laughs> but he was, I guess, at some point they're, they're the king, the leader of the cartel, and then his main interest, main skill, whatever you call, it, like his um, his best thing he did was import stuff from Suriname mm. because it was Dutch colony, right? So I guess they had like good like a route like a, by plane and ships or whatever and I guess he did a lot of stuff coming from Colombia and all the other like South American countries all the drugs it was basically like Suriname was like a shipment center from other South American country wow. like feeding into Europe oh wow <laughs> by Penose by this guy Kobus Lorze whatever and then <laughs> turned out there was actually like kind of like a narcos so there's a um, show called Penosa, which is basically Narcos of European version. Mm. So it talks about um, Penosa cartel and their history and what happened and all of that. Oh, wow. Crazy. It's so interesting to hear how, like, I mean, maybe because I'm Mexican, I've heard of, like, the Mexican side of it and, like, the Colombian, because it's also, like, it's South America, but you don't you're not aware of like all of these other places that are awesome yeah. into, like drug dealing and all <laughs> drug just brings us together <laughs> <laughs> brings the world together <laughs> yeah and I guess this Penose Dutch mafia they have like love and hate relationship with some other um, Moroccan mafias mm-hmm. which is like um when I mentioned like hashishi that's their big thing and yeah 
it, it goes on and on and on. So、mm-hmm. I spend lots of hours reading about all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's basically Suriname. And、um, this guy, this Korean pastor, supposed to be, he was running drug business. And the fact that this is a true story also,、uh, it's a shocking story to Koreans because Korea is very strict about drug and arms, like、mm-hmm. guns and drugs and all that. It's illegal. Like, it's illegal to the point that most,、uh, most kids don't even know like, what the word, like weed or marijuana and all of that, like, what the word is. Like、mm-hmm. what to call and what it is and what it does to you, and none of that. Like, it's just very foreign concept to you.、Mm-hmm. Like, if you hear something like, I don't know, some kind of a Chinese medicine herb, like, how do you say it? Like, what is it? What, is it? what does it look like? Is it helpful or bad? Or, you know, you have no idea, right? But it's kind of like that to a lot of Korean kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's because. You don't see your parents do it, you don't see your friends do it, like it just doesn't exist.、Yeah. So, you don't have any like exposure, you don't like have any knowledge about that. Wow, my respects for that, for like <laughs> being able to preserve the country like that. Like, yeah, and、you. I think it's uh, I don't know how that started, like that, even like when China had like big opium crisis and. It just never fed into Korea. You know, at some point, Korea had very s- serious military government.、Mm. Kind of like to the point, like,、um, communist in a way. So they controlled a lot of stuff. And I guess it's good they controlled drugs, but still, like,、um, there's no gun.、Um, and maybe because of that, it's a pretty safe country. Like, You always see like, kids just going home, coming home by themselves. And you, know, you leave your laptop in the cafe. You need to go to the bathroom, just leave your wallet, laptop, whatever is on the table. You go to your bathroom and then come back, it's still there. And, wow. Yeah, it's a pretty safe country. So I think that's probably why I just I didn't grow up with weed or any of the drug stuff. And it's just not like I just was never drawn to it. So, even when I went to college, a lot of my friends were doing like weed or whatever, and、um, they were like, Do you want to hit or something? You know, I was like, <laughs> No. And I was like, I'll just smoke my cigarette. And they're like, Hey, cigarette is bad for you. <laughs> <laughs> they all said that, like, Hey, that's gonna, that's gonna make your lung, whatever, you know, like, well, I'm like, Isn't that bad also? And they kept telling me, like, You know, weed is not bad, and it's not gonna do anything to your health. and... I still don't know. I think that's always a debate. People say, like, whether weed is a gateway drug or not, or what it does to you and long term effect. And... I mean, I feel like the effects that it has on your brain should be enough <laughs> for maybe not health wise, but. Which also, though, wouldn't it affect your lungs with the smoke? I don't know. I mean, a cigarette, like, yeah, it makes. It causes lung cancer, or more likely to cause lung cancer. Yeah. But. Weed, I, I don't know. I feel like the weed effect is still, you could still be、um, addicted to it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think some people say you can be addictive, some people say no, it's not a recreational drug. It, you don't get it. I don't know. I think it depends.、Mm. Like, you know how some people can smoke and they still live up to like 100 years old? And <laughs> Or how some, some can still function in、yeah. society with it, but some just don't. 
So I'm not sure, but yeah, that's why when this story came out, like Koreans were shocked to even like learn there was a drug king, drug like lord in yeah. what country? What Suriname? Whatever. <laughs> like Koreans were like, what is that a country? And then like he was doing what? Like it was just so shocking to Koreans. Mm-hmm. So I think when you when American or non-Korean viewers watch this, they might feel like differently. Like okay, just some guy doing things in some air, but like. It just comes off like even more shocking to Koreans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is it's pretty easy to understand. Like you don't have to keep reading subtitles because a lot of dialogues are in English. Yeah. Because they are mostly like the people in Suriname. They speak in English, although I think their official language is Dutch. But in the show, they speak in English. Mm-hmm. And then there are a little bit of Chinese because of Chinese gangs. And then when DEA, like American DEA, gets involved, it's definitely in English. So it's kind of easy to understand. And then they're really great actors, so their acting in English is really good. Um, but here's some fun fact. So half the show was actually filmed in Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. <laughs> I read a director's interview, and he said that while they were filming, um, COVID hit. Mm. And like Korea had really strict COVID law, like travel and who can travel and whatnot. So they were supposed to film more in Dominican Republic, but they couldn't. So they like scouted some area in the south part of Korea, and then they planted palm trees and like oh my god, <laughs> made it look like some like South American country. <laughs> So they said some some scenes were actually like just shot in Korea, but like you wow. don't really feel that when you watch it. Yeah. Wow, it's hilarious. But then there's a um, scene with the when the guy got get thrown into jail, mm. the main guy he gets thrown into jail, and that's also in Dominican Republic. And they he said uh, it's actual jail, actual prison in Dominican Republic, and all the like extras you see in that scene, they're actual prisoners. Oh my god! <laughs> so they got paid for being yeah a- <laughs> while in prison. <laughs> wow! <laughs> oh wow, that's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> they came out on Netflix. <laughs> yeah, and they're on Netflix now. <laughs> so it, it was in Dominican, and then there's a scene that they go to a Suriname presidential palace to meet mm. the president, and that's also Dominican Republic presidential palace. Hmm. And they said they just swap out the flag. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what? But like when I was thinking like that, okay, so do you want to swap out your flag at the presidential palace so you can let this company film their stuff? <laughs> I don't know. I was like, okay, I guess they're cool in Dominica. <laughs> so yeah, it was the actual presidential palace. Just the fact that it was in Dominican Republic. Oh, wow. Yeah. What about Narcos? Any, like, fun facts? Anything about Narcos filming locations? Or did you recognize anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Narcos, um, Mexico? Um, Colombia, I've never been there. But I think in Narcos, they do have the scene of um, Pablo Escobar, the actual scenes of him being caught. Because, so it's said a lot that 
Well, his son actually is the one that that said in an interview that his son and his wife that he was caught because he wanted to be caught because uh, he was just um, basically just over the the whole oh. like back and forth situation, and he always said throughout his life, according to them, that um, he wasn't ever going to be put in a jail in America, and he was going to die in his land. So he. Um, the day that he got caught, he was constantly calling his family, like his his son and his oh. mom and his wife, saying, um, "Hey, um, just random calls checking in on them." And they themselves told him, "Like you're being chased, and you better than anyone know that your phone is going to be tapped after a few seconds. I think it's a thirty second window that, you, oh. that you're allowed to to speak without it being tapped or something, or they're able to after thirty seconds." But he kept calling and making like minute or two minute calls. So they thought that was strange. Um. And then eventually when they caught him, they said that it appears that the trigger or, or like the shot that he had going through here was like something that only he could have triggered himself. So the shot was probably just him, him just ending his own life in um. that moment. So that said a lot. And then, and yeah, they huh. show the scenes of like, I think of him like running down the rooftops and all that but in the end dying where he said that he was going to die the way that he said he was going to die so that's i think that's pretty interesting but uh, yeah i've never been there um in terms of mexico i've been curious about the location settings because i know that it's something that's very very big over there that stuff that covers specific people's lives because there's so much tension between narcos that they're not allowed to like with um the el chapo documentary that uh this actress what's her name um oh uh yeah she was in alias back in the day (laughs) which is a really old tv show yeah she she came out on like um, yeah. her own show covering another narco. Right, that, right. Uh, I'm going to remember her name, but her, she was, she spoke about an experience entering Tijuana where uh, a cartel that's against uh, the cartel that's for Chapo, which is Sinaloa, is living at the Arellano Felix, and there was always this tension because they've killed each other's families. So she entered there and immediately within the first call, she got calls from her rep saying that she needed to exit now and cross the border because um, she was being followed. And she said she was even, like, they were driving her around just like crazy trying to cross back. And, wow. and there were cars following her wow. car just within the hour that she arrived in Tijuana because he was covering, wow. she was covering a case on somebody that was, like, from the opposite cartel. So I'm curious to see if their settings were actually Mexico or if there was just like a permission spoken because they did kind of speak about all of the carteles so it's not specifically one person focused but yeah it's it's supposed to be based in Guadalajara which is where it's Sinaloa Guadalajara where they they made the most like they made the the like became the headquarter of yeah yeah the Diego Luna like that organization right Yeah. yeah huh well I remember in 2017, there was a location agent for Narcos, Mexico Narcos. He was found dead. Oh, wow. Do you remember that news? No. So he was 
he was working for the company, the production company in the U.S., but he was he was Mexican, and he was location agent, so he was traveling in Mexico, and they found his body in a car shot multiple times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sad, but yeah, it's not surprising that to just always... It, it's so, wow, so intense how that works out. So I'm curious if... Yeah, I'm yeah. sure they shot some stuff in Mexico. Like, I don't. I think there's only so much you can, like, fake. Yeah, maybe Guadalajara, I think, would make sense. I doubt that they would actually go into Sinaloa or, like, those more... Yeah, more in- remote areas. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. The lands I'm curious about where the first episodes are shown where Rafael uh, Caron Quintero oh and like he started to growing like, yeah back in the day shit scene yeah all those fields I wonder where those fields were I feel like that can be shot in like California or Nevada mm, also yeah somewhere it's just like find some super remote areas in the like Mojave or some other like Nevada mm-hmm. desert yeah it's true or even like in New Mexico but their first episode didn't air until 2018. Yeah, 18. Yeah. And if the location agent was like murdered in 2017, I'm sure they had to kind of pivot their plan. Yeah. Because they probably couldn't, they probably didn't want to take more chance to have another location agent tour around Mexico and yeah. possibly risking another life, you know? I don't yeah. know. You knew about Escobar before watching this show, right? Yeah. Well, I've heard about him. <laughs> well, the first time I heard about him was actually in Scary Movie. Scary <laughs> Movie? Yeah. You mean the, like, comedy movie? The scary comedy, movie? yeah. <laughs> where, where, um, there's the scene where, um, Anna Ferris, I think it's her name, when uh-huh. she's yeah, coming yeah. out of the room when her boyfriend tries to sneak into the window and her dad knocks, and he opens the door, cracks the door open and says, um, Hey, you're gonna be alone for a couple of days. Um, I have to leave town last minute. There was just some issues back. Um, some stuff went missing. Some heads are gonna go missing also <laughs> with your uncle Escobar. Blah blah blah. Oh, really? and I said, and then I rewatched it and I said, Uncle Escobar. But I said, Escobar is like it's uh, his or like Hispanic last name or whatever. Remember? So I started searching and then I started asking and I said, Oh. I heard about Pablo Escobar, and then I started watching, like, I got introduced to Mexican narcotics and all of that, and drug lords, and I always heard Pablo Escobar being mentioned, so I related it to it, and then I started researching who he was. I watched it when I was so young, like, I don't remember. Oh my god, so it was like, I guess it was supposed to be like, a joke? Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious. It was a random joke, but the dad had to disappear. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's a um, this podcast that talks about. Um, it just I I didn't actually listen. I'm sorry. If you're listening <laughs> and you own the podcast, I'm sorry. I'll give it a listen. Um, they talk about like outdoor scary stories, mm. and because I love camping and going outdoors and stuff, I that's why I didn't listen to it. Oh, <laughs> but the episode title is called Pablo Escobar. <laughs> Oh. And then it's just the cocaine bear, Pablo Escobar. Oh, cocaine bear! I I heard about that. Really? Yeah, 
I think that's a movie, the actual movie. An actual movie. I watched the Cocaine Bear movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, maybe I have to watch. Maybe it's not related to outdoor then. Well, it is an outdoor. It is a an outdoor um, movie. Movie. It's, the Cocaine Bear. Oh my god. Yeah, it's, it's actual. Well, it's not actual bears, but they they have grizzly bears and like. I think the the actual cocaine bear is a grizzly bear who becomes addicted to cocaine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It is kind of gruesome, but it is pretty funny. Oh my god. Okay, I'm going to check it out now. <laughs> um So, as of February 2023, out of 50 states in the United States, there are only six states that still bans weed or yeah weed marijuana and they are Idaho, Kansas, Nebraska, Wyoming, North Carolina and South Carolina and this includes the states that like only partially allow like maybe medically or you have to have a license maybe you have to have doctor's note or something like that but still Mm -hmm. like 44 states out of 50 states allowing marijuana when was like what was the first state like Colorado what was the first state that it legalized marijuana I, I don't know <laughs> See, I don't we're even like, know. we need we're Grant <laughs> yeah. Grant knows a lot of these like stuff like yeah. weed and then what cocaine does to you like, not that he has a lot of experience but yeah he's he lost some friends because of this sad story mm. actually so yeah he knows a lot of about this stuff so um but yeah so 44 states out of 50 but I'm sure when you know Mexico was growing their stuff and back in the day you know they were exporting (laughs) (laughs) or smuggling those stuff I'm sure it was different time but even now they're like illegal growing like farms right yeah yeah, I think you're, I mean, if you're here and like in, I, I think in California, you can only grow like a specific amount of it uh, for medical reasons. But over there, I mean, back in those days when Narcos Mexico actually started off the scenes, it's like 70s and marijuana was a big trend here with the hippie mm. um, trend. So that was their mm. um, market. But yeah, uh, I'm not sure if you can have actual fields of hmm. marijuana. Well, I remember one time I took a road trip um, just follow, strictly following Highway 1 along the Pacific Coast, mm-hmm. and I went all the way up to Washington and came back. And so I stayed over at Eureka, which is uh, up in the Humboldt County, and um, I got a ticket because my back light was out. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> a cop followed me in the middle of night, and like a oh. little in the yeah redwood, like in the middle of the redwood. It was really dark, and then cop followed me. I'm like, I'm I'm not doing anything wrong. And turned out my back light was out, yeah. and he just he like didn't give me a ticket. Actually, he just said, um, just go and fix the light, and you know. So, the next day I had to go to auto body shop, and I was waiting in the room, and this woman came to me and then you know because I guess I was Asian and like alone and in a small town and she started talking to me she was an older lady and she was really nice actually so I started talking and I was like hey this is a nice little town and she said it used to be better 
before all the farmers moved in. Oh. And I was like, farmers? And she's like, yeah, you know, they can always go, there's so much that can go wrong with farmers. So in my mind, I was like, she's a little crazy, like, you know, <laughs> you don't support farming? You know, like, I didn't know what to think of it, but then... <laughs> But then she gave me a book she was reading. Like, if you if you get bored on the road, you can read this book. And she was really nice. So I was like, okay, I didn't know what to think of it. And um, later I watched this TV show, Bates Motel. Like, I love that show, Bates Motel. And then recently there's a Virgin River. It's like my guilty pleasure kind of thing. <laughs> They're talking about those illegal wheat farmers up there. Oh. And in all those, like, Northern California mountains, there are a lot of, like, wheat farmers. And they own kind of like their own like army to guard their farmland and stuff mm. like that and so that kind of hit me later I was like oh I feel bad that like I was thinking like she's kind of crazy woman at the time you yeah. know <laughs> I was so naive and like I didn't understand what she meant you know wow there actually now that you you speak about it in Oaxaca because the, there's different regions there's um a colder region there that has a little town and that little town is known for for having like the land is basically for farming for growing marijuana but as soon as you enter it if you're an outsider you you sense it like every the whole it's like a whole watch every the neighborhood watch everybody has a gun everybody is aware of what you're doing and entering because they're protecting their their land wow. so it's yeah you're not very safe there if you're an outsider because they don't trust you wow wow I mean, yeah, so much to talk about. Maybe we have a lot to talk about because we don't do drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because yeah. We, just, we don't know what we're talking about. We just keep going on and on. <laughs> but yeah, we didn't even get to touch the story yet. That's totally fine. Um, we have a whole other week next week. But yeah, the stakes high. The In Korean show, Narco Saints... These naive Korean two guys are tangled up with the Suriname government and Chinese drug dealers, and later on American DEAs, and we all know like Escobar's story. That's also very intense, and who doesn't want to know what happens in Mexican? <laughs> what do you call? It? It's it's almost like a um, farmers co-op, only that it's marijuana, right? In Mar- Mexico. <laughs> Because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it is basically what Diego Luna has It's like a co-op, right? Yeah, basically, yeah You're like a union, right? It's a union <laughs> where he forms, yeah it's. I just remembered his name, Miguel Angel Felix Gallardo oh, Felix, so, yes Yeah, so he's the, the one who initiated his little union <laughs> Yeah, so we'll, we'll go deeper into uh, Mexican marijuana union Hey, maybe that's why they... Sw- is that why they switch up to cocaine later on? Because marijuana wasn't being exported as much? Yeah, well, it wasn't as much. It wasn't as profitable. And, and then they uh, found out that cocaine was... More... <laughs> yeah, it was what it was coming in now. And it was bringing in a lot um, more money. I wonder if it's because, like, America was growing their own stuff. I guess for the profit and... I don't know. Or maybe people just transition to dr- to bigger drugs, <laughs> the harder drugs. It, I don't know, because Paulo Escobar was also growing during those times as it, mm. it, it appeared. And then, well, yeah, well, there's more entry to all the other, like, characters that, or 
pioneers of yeah. this. <laughs> but their interest into like having more like oh. cocaine just came in and then that's where like the blood the blood works start and everything. <laughs> because then they move into other countries territory and drugs and all. Wait, before we end this show I have a stupid question. You know how cocaine it's they say coca? Yeah. Is is it related to Coca-Cola? <laughs> no, I think it's just short for cocaína. But where's Coca Where's Coca-Cola come from? Like why why on earth they name Coca-Cola? Is it like somehow secretly related to cocaine? Maybe it is. It is addicting. Hey. Yeah. Huh. Maybe they've been drugging us this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're addicted to soda. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's why I don't like Coca-Cola. Oh. Maybe my body's like not built for it. Like I don't like it because I haven't grown like I didn't grow up with it. <laughs> Do you think if you drink Coca-Cola you have a tolerance for cocaine? Or vice versa. Maybe I'm like I'll get hit like twice as hard <laughs> because my body doesn't have any tolerance built up for it. Oh yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this <laughs> and you know the answer to my stupid question is Coca related to Coca Cola, <laughs> please email what should I watch tea at gmail.com. <laughs> I think if I ask Grant, he'll know the answer. There's probably yeah. There's some story there. <laughs> Alright, so next week we'll dig deeper into the answer to Coca-Cola. <laughs> and then Mexican Farmers Co-op, Mexican Farmers Union, and what happens in Colombia. Why my friend Maria didn't want me to come, and even if I wanted to come, and I have to be by her side 24-7, <laughs> which is why I didn't go. <laughs> and what's the deal with this country, Suriname? We'll, we'll dig deeper into it next week. <laughs> Maria knows more than we do Maria was freaking out She was <laughs> not happy <laughs> Alright Thank you for joining And have a wonderful day Thank you, you too I'm excited for next week Alright, see you next week, bye Bye